0: Open your mind real wide now. I'm
1: freaking out, man. You are freaking out,
2: man. man. Welcome aboard the Mothership Radio Show. I'm your host, Kevin Gassman. You know, when I use the words strange and unusual, this is the show that clearly identifies why I chose those words. Tonight, we're talking to the director of the documentary, The Hat Man, Documented Cases of Pure Evil. His name is Kyle J. Macias. Have you ever seen The Hat Man? What about shadow people? Do you know what gang-stalking is? Well, in this episode, we're going to journey down the rabbit hole of bed demons. So if you dare, listen with the lights off. And let's get strange and unusual with Kyle J. Macias, the director of The Hat Man, documented cases of pure evil, here on The Mothership Radio Show. Open the pod bay doors, Hal.
0: What if I told you I'd take you to a place you would never been and do something to you that's never been done? There's one where it was him and the old hag in my room. Um, and he was standing over towards like the
2: corner on one side of my door and she was sitting on a rocking chair at the end of my bed, singing a song about wanting to take my soul. I'm not much of a scary movie kind of guy and uh but I know that with what I do and what I talk about I have to kind of watch these. So watching The Hatman was was a it was pretty freaky, man. <laughs> Kudos to you for putting that movie together really well.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was it was kind of uh well we'll talk about it, but it was creepy for me too uh, after a while. <laughs> yeah. And I like dark stuff, so after a while it, it gets kind of kind of gets to you a little bit.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, um, some of the stuff you've already done is kind of in that realm anyway, so this must be something that um, strikes a chord with you. Is it how, is it, have you always been into this, or is there like a, something that affected you to look more into the dark side of things?
0: Well, um, my family had experiences with the Hatman, shadow people, um, even black-eyed kids. I don't know if you heard of the black-eyed children yes. phenomena. Um my family has all, all these kinds of supernatural experiences, but what really stood out was the hat man. That was a strange one, you know, a ghost or a uh, some type of shadow entity with a hat on. It's very strange. And then later on I find out that other people seen the same guy. Uh, that was totally something that piqued my interest.
2: What was the first family member that had this experience?
0: I believe uh actually so far with my own little, you know, side research with my family was uh My grandma, actually, I believe she's seen... Oh, no, I know for a fact she's seen him, but I believe she's seen him a couple times before. Um, She passed back in 2002 or 2001, 2002. I was really young at the time. But um, that was one of the first experiences that they talked about seeing a man in a hat, and he would kind of always be on top of the stairs. Hmm. And when I did my research, apparently that's one of his favorite places to show up is doorways on the bottom or top of stairs, coming out of closets or even coming from under the bed or showing up at your front door are some of his uh, favorite manifestation places.
2: You capture it so well in this movie. It, from the very beginning, it's, I mean, like I watched it with the lights off and at night and, you know, I was kind of getting into it and I had to re-watch it again prior to this interview just to kind of write some more notes down and I watched it during the day this time. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, yeah. It's very frightening. I mean, I've experienced sleep paralysis myself. And it's been a very long time since I've had it. And I'm watching this movie, I'm thinking, now am I going to recreate this again? Am I going to bring this back into my life? I'm sure that's been a an issue when you talk to people talk, talking about their experiences. Um, you know, I know one person in the movie was also talking about, like, I don't want to talk about this because now I might bring it back. Has anybody kind of followed up with um, any stories of seeing them again after talking to you?
0: Oh, yeah. There's been um, probably the majority of the witnesses. They say that they've seen him or what they get what I call Hatman synchronicities again. So they don't really necessarily see him again, but they'll see billboards, TV shows. Um, they'll see people on the street that are dressed like him. Um, it's a uh, synchronization, it's uh, these strange coincidences where people see it's like they don't see the Hatman, but they see Hatman esque um themes all, all over pop culture it's almost as if the entity is saying that i still have my eye on you kind of thing and actually prior to this interview even like 10 minutes before talking to you um, i started getting some hatman synchronicities on my phone um even a couple of days prior to this interview i, I started getting yeah hatman synchronicities again um that only happens if i'm going to do an interview or maybe the dark side is anticipating something um I know there's a lot of skeptics out there and we address that toward the end of the film. Um, It's not even like a big deal for me, actually. Uh, I know in the paranormal community, there's kind of like this like um, unnecessary rivalry of like, we should just be open to all possibility. And there's like, there's a certain group of people that are skeptics and certain people who are maybe believe too much, but it's important to have a good balance. But um, in the film, we do mention the skeptic thing at the end. And to me, um, I truly believe this thing's real because it's interacted with me. And uh, it's not a coincidence that across the globe are seeing this same type of man.
2: Yeah, that's what I think, too. Because every time I want to debunk it, I keep thinking, well, there's daytime visual experiences, there's worldwide experiences, it just every time I try to, to think that it's not real, it's I, I can't come to any conclusion that it's not real. I mean, I have to feel that this is something that's really happening to people now. Whether it's in the subconscious mind, I think one of your interviewees talked about that. Seeing the images, like you mentioned, you know the the neighborhood watch guy with the hat on and the you know the jacket and what have you, and other um, you know images in uh, in real life might be planted subconsciously in our heads, but how does that come about in, as far as a dream and how does that come about as far as a sleep paralysis or you know memories and seeing them when you're not asleep? I mean, it's, to me, it, 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 you look, we don't know the answers to everything. So, you know, until you can prove to me it's not real, I'm going to believe it's real.
0: Yeah, what I learned too, um, even from researching anything, because I love to research all kinds of things, even if it's like from things to working out or things of the hat man, was like going deep into subjects. And what I've learned is that it seems that people like to categorize things so they want to compartmentalize things well it was either you or you saw a ghost or it was in your mind or you're not really into it or, or whatever and what i realize is that everything's holistic so the brain the mind the heart different dimensions um uh, all possibility is very holistic and when people say like oh i had sleep paralysis well you actually didn't just have sleep paralysis. There was a holistic thing going on. It could have been something with your sleep, what you're going through in your current life, nearby entities that want to feed off that energy. It's very a holistic thing. It's not just the Hatman. It's not just a sleep paralysis. It's not just what people call science. Um, that's why I tried to explain the film too. And that's why I try to explain to different people that you have to look at things holistically to truly understand what's really going on with an individual.
2: What I find interesting too is, you know, this has been, you know, documented going centuries back, you know, demons at the foot of your bed and, and you know, images of demons there. I mean, it's so whether it's in our subconscious, even from back then, or, or it really is part of our, our reality, even though we can't see that reality, maybe during our dreams, we are in that reality. That fourth dimension has been mentioned in your, in your documentary. Um, you know do we enter that fourth dimension during sleeping and then you know i think what you said or someone said where you are half awake but you're still in dreamland but you're up awake and your body's still frozen and that's where you see these entities at but again when you go to these live you know i'm i'm awake wide awake and i'm seeing this it kind of debunks all that to a certain degree so it's uh it's fascinating to me and and you got to wonder you know these entities as they were called jinns, these, you know, the biblical race that was built before man was made. <laughs> it's uh, it, it kind of makes sense, man. I'm not going to lie. It kind of like you throw it in there because I believe in inter, interdimensional beings as well. Does that help Do you, I mean, are, are these people mostly religious that are having these experiences or are you finding, is, is there any correlation to that?
0: Well, <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, Sometimes it's hard for me to approach how to answer questions because this, these rabbit holes are so deep. Like when, uh, when, I, when you research the hat man, you're not just researching the hat man. You're researching basically the history of the universe and the history of mankind and these entities and whatever, where we come from, who we are, you know? Right. So it's not just researching a, a hat man thing. But to answer your question, no, definitely there's uh, – have you heard of a theory called egregore? I, I believe it's true.
2: Uh, It sounds familiar, but I'm not really quite familiar with it.
0: So um, an egregore, I guess if if you research the occult or any ancient mysticism and stuff like that, an egregore is kind of like a group think. It's kind of like if a group of people believe something, enough, it generates this kind of energy of its own. It's a little different than a thought form. A thought form kind of forms like an entity. An egregore kind of is similar, but it kind of forms this like, a serial kind of energy that people all believe in. And then if you go into that space, you can kind of sense that energy. That's what churches kind of are. Um, and uh, I'm not putting down any religion. If that's what people want to believe, that's perfectly okay with them. But from my research, if you walk into a place where there'd be a Catholic church or evangelical church, Mormon, Muslim, whatever, um, I'm not saying that any of those religions are wrong. I'm not saying they're right. I'm just saying them as an organization when you walk into that place you're walking into an egregore of certain belief systems and you'll be able to kind of feel that energy there so to answer your question if the majority of these people are religious and they're experiencing the Hatman, i would say not everybody but there's a good amount of people who are um quote-unquote religious that are experiencing the Hatman because their egregore is almost calling out to that their energy is calling out to that Oh, the devil's attacking me. Oh, um, 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 their vibration is low because of this, that, and the other. So they kind of draw that. It's kind of that law of attraction thing again. Hmm. They kind of draw these entities to them as well. But no, there there is instances where atheists, so they don't believe in God. They see the hat man as well, but theirs is not from their unconscious law of attraction. It's from something negative well it's not from their law of attraction from a religious standpoint it's from another standpoint of something that's lowering their vibration because basically at the end of the day these entities um including the hat man our fear that we throw off and those vibrations is his cocaine it gets a high off that energy that's the only energy source it has um so basically on like a basic term and for layman terms it's for people that don't understand what the hat man is, it's basically an interdimensional entity that feeds off people's fear. And that's how it really it has to scare you in order to suck that energy. But it's like, it's cocaine. They're addicted to it.
2: Yeah. I picked that up on, on, uh, in the documentary that, that very much so is that that's what they're, they're feeding us. So Anybody going through any kind of trauma is going to kind of open themselves up to this type of energy to, to scare them. I, I was wondering, um, kind of in a totally offbeat way um, could these jinns and the, these these entities that that um, are appearing to people could it be some sort of religious way of, of, uh, of being like in a scared straight program <laughs> you know like these ghosts are scaring you to uh, not be fearful anymore to like to maybe stand up to your fears in a sense
0: that's very interesting because um I don't like to say the Bible, but I'll call it the ancient scriptures. They talk about, um, I believe it's in 1 Solomon. It says that God, and the, the actual translation of God in the Bible means the existing one. It means like the all-knowing one, the one who is always existed. So kind of try to like unfilter yourself from biblical thinking. Just try to think what what does that mean anyways. So the existing one, he caused an evil spirit to go to... Um, I believe it was uh, King Saul. So a lot of people don't really talk about that. That's interesting that he even sent some type of jinn to Saul, and that in itself was maybe a test or some type of wisdom going on there. But going back to what you said, there might be some type of, I don't want to say deal, but maybe some kind of, uh, maybe this existing power and its infinite wisdom can kind of place things strategically to get you out of certain circumstances, and maybe the hat man in your life is more of a representation of something that you need to deal with. It's not just an entity that's trying to scare the hell out of you. So you kind of have to analyze your life, too. Like, what am I going through? Are my sleep patterns good? Um, Am I doing anything that's lowering my vibration? You know, this goes back to a lot, too. It's going off subject a little bit, but it's going to help a lot of people out there, is the phantom self. A lot of times, everyone's living in this phantom self it's the fake version of themselves Mm. and this causes you to have habits um desires that aren't your own this causes you to do things to act a certain way to hurt other people and you're actually operating from a fake version of yourself that these entities feed off of because if you were living in your true self what really happens is these entities have nothing to come for to feed off of and they go away and that's probably going to help a lot of people that some people that are listening right now but that's what i've found is that a lot of times whatever is if there's unbalance that's usually why these entities show up very rarely is it because a high-ranking warlock or witch sent this thing to you which is another thing that um i spoke to someone else that didn't make it didn't make it in the documentary but he would send the hat man to people's houses so like if you pissed them off or if you didn't do the deal right with him he was a warlock he would do some witchcraft, cut a chicken's head off, do some sigils and witchcraft, and he would send the Hatman to your house to scare the hell out of you. But that's more rare compared to people who the Hatman has appointments. Sometimes he's seen with a watch. Um, that represents, like, he has appointments. He has appointments to uh, take people's souls sometimes, too. Um, he has appointments to visit you, to scare the hell out of you, because that's how he gets his kicks, and that's how he... Um, uh, well, he does work for the dark side, so that's how he does take people. Um, if you want to get real dark, that's how he takes people to the the hell realms, and that's another subject too.
2: That's well. First of all, that guy sounds really charming. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, you know to have, have that kind of vengeance to send the, some evil entities. I mean, this you know I, I believe we you know all the dimensions that are out there you know are we're all intermingling with each other. We just can't see them. So. In your opinion do you believe the hatman the shadow man the shadow people do you think they're always around us and just because our energies are positive we just don't see them and they're they're being deflected away from us that they're trying to find other negative energies I mean do you believe that they're always in our in our in our plane just we just can't see them
0: Yeah so David I talks about this and other scientists is that our frequencies are very close so their dimensions are very close to ours but It's just a little bit off the dial, just like a radio signal. So if you tune your signal to that dimension or dimensions, then you'll be able to see them. Um, In the middle of the documentary, um, I interviewed a guy named Steve Giles, and he did this through uh, astral projection and also deep meditation, and he was able to change his frequency, so he was able to see these shadow beings when he crossed over when he was doing remote viewing. So, yeah, I believe that these things are – They're always around us and you can kind of sense them in certain places, but you won't really see them. But if you're dialed in like a psychic or someone that has prophetic giftings or um, people that have just exercised their spiritual abilities, you can dial into these, um, I don't want to say these entities, but these realms where you can see these entities, but for some people that might be very terrifying <laughs> yeah i guess there would have to be a reason why you're doing that because a lot of them look like monsters like they don't just look like shadow people
2: yeah you, yeah that you touched upon that with the the you know being able to see that entity hovering around the person that's drawn them into them um you know if you're tuned into that i guess uh, you you talked the occult priestess talking about her ayahuasca experience and seeing a being hover over another person going through this going through the ceremony so yeah, you may, it's um i mean to how to get to tune into that i mean obviously uh, there, it would probably take a lot for regular people to dial in um you know uh, to get a little off center here the i just watched the movie uh the celestine prophecy and you know they huh. talk about the energies that you can see people giving off it's a little bit like that in a sense. You kind of have to be able to really let yourself go to be open to seeing some kind of other world that we live in.
0: Yeah, definitely. Especially um, ayahuasca, DMT is a good way to do that. Um, what I agree with some other researchers, though, is that the people that have bad experiences with ayahuasca and DMT, it's usually because they have attachments. It's not so much that the DMT caused them to go crazy. It was either bad setting, bad time, or they had um, attachments. And by attachments, I mean, um, dark parasite beings, astral parasites, leeches. Um, Those actually, by the way, those are the ones you usually feel during sleep paralysis. Um, The hat man is usually not the one on top of you. It's usually your astral parasites that are holding you down. That's Hmm. why sometimes it feels like wax or something. Or, I mean, I just had one the other, no, not the other day, but a couple months ago, I had a horrible horrible sleep paralysis experience. Um, I've had some, this is going to sound kind of bad, but maybe some people could relate to it um, for a really bad experience. But I've had some family members that passed away, and that was a very traumatic experience. And I would say that sleep paralysis ranks like number two or three on horrible experiences um, because, yeah, I woke up and this thing was holding me down. It was. It felt like, um, have you seen that movie Life with that alien that they get on that ship
2: I don't think I've seen that one I will now
0: oh if you if you, yeah if you look it up or just google it uh, it's, it's called life and they have this alien that's made in a petri dish and it gets bigger and when it's really big it's like this alien green thing with tentacles and that's exactly what felt like was on me I didn't wake up and feel like there was a demon on me I felt like there's a freaking alien hybrid on me that's what my spirit was telling me in my head when I felt it and its tentacles were all over my body, and it was like, it was like slithering. And then I couldn't move. I was on my left side. I forcefully moved my energy body, which then moved my physical body upwards, and I still couldn't move. I just barely moved and like slouched, and I could feel this thing like dislodge, and it it was horrifying. It was terrible. But, yeah, most of the time it seems that from my research now, there's either maybe a shadow person holding you down, but if they're in the corner and you still feel paralyzed, it's probably your astral parasites. And that's another um, aspect that you probably have to deal with. See, it's also a, it's not, I, I think what's good about, you know, my documentary and other documentaries that are coming out is it gives people more of a perspective on what's really going on and how to handle themselves and how to truly find themselves as well. It's not just to, I think it's very therapeutic, but I think it's also a way to find who we really are. It could be a very positive thing too.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think if we can all get our own, in a in a sense, our our act together, <laughs> you know, this planet would be beneficial to that. And uh, there's just so much negativity out there. People are uh, it seems in today's world they just don't want to let go of that, and and uh, there's a battle as we. I, I think there's a battle right now. I mean, maybe it is between good and evil that we see in this planet that's going on in, right in front of our eyes. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, if we can clear our own house first, then it eventually will take care of itself. I would imagine that's how it would work out. Um, Kyle J. Macias is with us, director of the hat man, documented cases of pure evil available on Amazon prime against spine tingler, uh, goose uh, uh <laughs> watching this movie, um, I'm going to play for you a clip from an interview I did a couple weeks ago. Her name is Bellevolent. I mentioned her earlier. She was um, in New York. She had an experience. I just take a listen to this because I didn't really pick up on it until after I saw your documentary. Let's play this right here.
1: I had a sleep paralysis experience I had. I was in New York City staying with a friend named Karen and um, she she had told me that It seemed like her apartment was haunted and she didn't believe in that stuff at all. She never believed in ghosts, but she said that she was starting to because of all the really weird things that were happening in her apartment. And, you know, it's New York City. The apartment was at least 100 plus years old. Um, And my first night staying there, I started to get the sleep paralysis. But at that point, I'd already really learned how to snap myself out of it. And within like the snapping myself out of it, sometimes I'll get caught in between the like a sleep state and the awake state. There's like this space in between where I'm like in both like awake, but I'm asleep still. And uh, I grabbed this like I felt what was like on me and it wasn't it wasn't like like it was like it was sort of like a small figure, but it was strong. And I grabbed it and I pushed it like this to try to get it off of me. And I couldn't see anything until I pushed it, and then it was like a two-dimensional face popped up, and I saw like you know just flat, but you could see all the features, and it was the features of like a guy in like the nineteen twenties or something with like you know the like the the weird hats that they would wear back then. And
2: so, what's your thoughts on that? It's a little bit similar to what you were saying as far as struggling with something that's on you.
1: Now, did
0: she say that the face looked? 2 dimensional yeah Did I hear that right yeah
2: that was something I haven't heard before either
0: wow that's very strange um yeah well I know that they want they want to hold you down because it is it, it basically the bottom line is that so you feel helpless I mean you feel completely helpless it's meant to terrify you everything about these parasites that are just you have to think of our universe like an ecosystem so if you look into a pond and you see these little like like, uh, en- entities, I guess. If you look into a pond, you see all these different, this ecosystem, this environment of different entities. That's what's going on here in our dimension, this realm, and also this little universe we call earth. So that's what we're experiencing is like, when we go to sleep, we're experiencing these other parasites these different, these different dimensions that we don't fully understand yet. And th- this holding down is a technique they use to terrify you. Um, sometimes too, they are trying to take your soul out of the body they are trying to attack you they are trying to um, I mean they're the most evil beings if you can think of the most evil person that that you can think of in jail or on TV these entities are what's influencing those people so and they also have no soul
2: that's you know that's one thing I remember hearing as far as one of those uh, one of the guests on your in your documentary talking about the feeling of your soul being taken out. Um, I just wonder as far as, you know, the age range, you know, I was really young when I experienced not just sleep paralysis, but I, you know, I've experienced entities at the end of my bed. Um, I can't say it was the hat man. Uh, for me, it was, it was extremely frightening. I was either on my side and the only thing you can kind of look forward, you know, look, look straight ahead with your eyes, but then you, you want to kind of see in the corner of your eye that you see something there. And for me at the end of the bed, you only mentioned it once in the movie, but for me is my experiences were with what I felt was a witch. And oh wow. you mentioned that the old hag singing a song, which I'm getting chills right now thinking about it. but I in my experience it was uh. like a witch um, in a you know in a cloak or maybe a, like a smock, you know that was shredded on the ends, kind of floating around. but, Um, when I was a kid and The Wizard of Oz came on, I would leave the room when The Witch came on, okay? Like, I would have my parents tell me when The Witch was gone before I can come back and watch the the movie again. I was literally that freaked out on The Wizard of Oz. I don't know if that, like we're talking about earlier, as far as the images we see and what we're used to in our subconscious, that's something that just terrified me, and even to today, watching it, it's still scary it still freaks me out a little bit, but my experiences was, it was a witch. It was a female, a total female. I, I can definitely f- tell that and um, just hovering over the bed and you know, it's just, that's what I felt and that I haven't had that in a long time, but anytime I've ever had a, a sleep paralysis, I've always felt an entity, but seeing the witch happened a couple times out of all my experiences.
0: Well, wow, yeah, a lot of people have that experience, the old hag, the witch. Um, sometimes it does look like the witch from The Wizard of Oz. Sometimes it looks like a old, um, I guess you would say, um, old homeless woman, um, uh, a haggard woman. Um, actually, the word old hag, it comes from actually English terms from, uh, I believe, the 1700s. And they called it being hagged or you got haggard when people say, oh, I had a horrible nightmare. And, and that's actually where nightmare comes from night hag, that's what it actually means. But that's interesting that you talked about the connection um, with the Wizard of Oz, and we're seeing all these things in pop culture. There's a reason why people go, oh, that sounds like uh, Freddy Krueger. Oh, that sounds like the Babadook. Oh, that sounds like Wizard of Oz. That's called preemptive programming. And it's also part of our story as a human species, and also their species, is see, this is where everything gets kind of deep. But basically, time is not past, present, and future, if you study quantumly what time actually is, everything's happening at once. So everything is almost like in a loop in a weird way. Everything's happening at once. So your future self, your past self, and yourself talking on the phone now, is all happening at once. So talking about that, you can talk about preemptive programming. You, What's really going on, um, and people talk about this, there's debates on about this, Regarding, are they aliens? Are they demons? Are they jinn? Are they interdimensional beings? Are they people from the future? And it's kind of all of the above. These entities are truly, I would say they're more akin to alien. Alien just means not of this world. And these things do put things in place in our dimension, in our matrix, that's called preemptive programming. They put things in place because they study the human mind, the psyche, the subconscious mind, The way our eyes work the way our lungs work they studied everything keenly just think that they're mad scientists these these entities and so they put things out there in pop culture that represent what they want to do and their strategic plans on how to suck energy from the masses this is kind of deep stuff now this is where it gets kind of deeper than just a man in a hat in the corner and so when you see things on tv I'm not saying to be careful what you're watching. I'm not like that kind of religious person. Watch what you want. I watch whatever the hell I want too. But now that you're aware, you won't be affected by those things. Other people, they're affected by all the time. So when you're watching these movies and programs, and it's interesting that they're called programs, Hmm. you get these subconscious images in your head and your subconscious is far more powerful than your conscious mind. So when you go to sleep, these entities nearby in the fourth, fifth, whatever dimensions could actually operate in those ways. They're constantly looking for ways to get in. They're constantly looking for ways to take over your mind, take over your brain. If they could change the way you think, which really goes into scientific terms, it's just neural pathways, then they can really control your mind heavily. Um, So that's what that really is, what you're talking about. And they want you to go like this. Like, if you tell somebody your experience, you go, oh, yeah, i seen a guy. He had a hat on. He was in the corner. I swear to you, oh, my God, he wanted to kill me. It was terrifying. If you tell a friend that or something, they're going to go, oh, that sounds like Freddy Krueger. That's meant to dumb down your story. That's meant to kind of like, well, you know, you're kind of watching too many horror movies. Right. It's, it's meant to kind of disguise the attack. Interesting, and it's kind of weird um, when you go deeper into this stuff. It really does go back to aliens and Jin and all that stuff. And Jin's not so much Jin. The term Jin just means hidden ones. Um, it just means yeah, it means hidden ones. But that term is more accurate than demon. So the Bible actually falsely um, translated evil spirit and Jin into demon. Because demon comes from the Greek word daemon, and that goes into more of a higher self-type thing. But the more deep you get into this stuff, it goes deeper into knowledge, and you kind of know more of the truth about things. It's very interesting.
2: Yeah, that's fascinating. It's fascinating that you talk about the programming and them kind of glomming on to what you've seen, and you presented themselves to something that you might recognize yourself. Um, That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. you know, thinking of something you saw. I mean, it's it's a little reminiscent and i and maybe this is offbeat a little bit, but you know the end of Ghostbusters, <laughs> you know, and you know they they were thinking of Gozer, you know then you know the Stave Puff marshmallow man came up because that's what the person was thinking. That's what showed up and appeared. Um, you know, there's other uh, movies that kind of touch upon that where the entity shows itself to that person because it's the only thing that person would be comfortable with seeing. Um, as opposed to, you know, showing them as something else, they just want to show themselves as something that that person would be comfortable with. Um, like I'm kind of lost on what movie that was it could have been a cartoon. I'm not quite sure, but this is playing with our heads is what it is, you know, and if our heads aren't straight, then they win in a sense. That's yeah. You
0: constantly have to observe your, your thoughts and you constantly have to observe where your mind's going. So it's not just for depression and anxiety type disorders. There's also a it can kind of implant thoughts in a way that make your mind, and you'll observe your thoughts too. You'll You'll be thinking and you'll be like, why is my mind going that way? Or why did I so happen to look at that billboard that had that kind of hat man look? And then you kind of, you don't kind of accept things. You kind of just observe and go, hmm, and that's it. The minute you kind of start to react is where you begin to make a chain reaction of neurons where now they can act on that. And then the more that you think about something, the more that you put your energy into it, the more that you will attract those type of entities. That's why, like, honestly, I haven't done an interview probably like in, I don't know, five months maybe um, because I'm focusing on, you know, raising my vibration and going more toward my real self. Um, and sometimes when you stay too much in in this exploring these dark subjects, it could actually put too much of my energy into those things, giving them too much energy. And what I end up getting is a lot of, gang stalking. Have you heard of that? Gang stalking? No, what is that? So gang stalking is, you can Google it, YouTube it, it's like a, it's, it's not a new thing, it's just a new term for an old phenomenon. It's where people believe they're being stalked by a certain group of people that are strategically doing things just to get you upset. Hmm. And some people think it's the government and some people think it's aliens, some people think it's demonic. In my experience, it seems to be more um... Jinn harassment or demonic harassment, parasitical harassment. It's just in the movie, The Matrix, right? Yes. So it's the same thing as um, that is you have a whole bunch of people in this matrix. And then if you're an awakened individual, if you know certain things, if you're, if you're looking into certain subjects, basically anyone could be an agent now, Right. And they, you know, like in the matrix people, they can turn it, the agents can just possess and turn into like, you know, they morph into the agents, you know, agents can move throughout people in the matrix. Well, it's the same thing with ours. It's the same representation. Um, So if I'm looking into the the hat man a lot and I'm doing more studies on him and the grinning man phenomena and all that stuff, what will happen is, is these entities will, there will be like a peak of interest. Like, Oh, someone's talking about us. Oh, it's so-and-so. Oh yeah, I have, we have eyes on him. Let's see what he's doing. Okay, he's going too far with this subject. Let's throw A, B, C or D at him. So what they'll do is I'll dr- I'll be driving and then as I'm about to turn, some guy comes from right behind me, drives right in front of me, foots me off and then and then, you know, takes off whatever and I go, "What the heck? What a, you know, what a jerk." And then so I'm like, "Whatever." So then I go to the store, right? And I walk into the store and then everyone's giving me a certain kind of dirty look for no reason. And I'm like, "What the heck? I'm not Dress a certain way. I'm not doing anything wrong. What's their problem? And then I then I get out, I I get out from the store. I go in my car and then um, you know something weird happens. Like I'm trying to open my car and I don't have my keys. And I look around for my keys. I don't have my keys. And then um, I still happen to drop them. So it's like a series of bad luck. It's a series of bad looks, um, the evil eye, and that's actually what's called gang stalking. It's a way of these dark entities targeting you. And some people, they think that this is the government. They think that this is uh, – um, they're being targeted for something. You can look up the videos of the trip. But what's really happening is a lot of times entities are attracted to certain people. It could be for their mental illness. They want to feed off those negative energies from the mental illness. It could be what you're looking into. And these entities want to make sure that they give you the message that their eyes are on you now. Hmm. And um, it's it's also synchronicities as well. This is this happens with the men in black phenomena, um, slender man, black eyed kids. They're all in the same camp.
2: That's fascinating. Yeah, that you would bring that energy to you and draw it towards you, and they would glob onto that. That's that's fascinating. And going into your movie, you talk to a lady. Now this was the the source of my post on Instagram where I took a little clip. I videotaped my computer, <laughs> so he, and I just clipped up a little piece of um, this lady. Now, she, was, she looked like she was chain-smoking, and she looked very stressed out talking about this, about her experience with the hat man and her experience with the closet door opening and this guy peeking his head out. I mean, one of the most, I don't know, for me, chilling scenes, not just in your movie, but in a lot of movies that I've seen, very freaky, very creepy. This woman, it's... Was she? She kept feel like in my experience, or from what I was looking at, what I drew from it, is that she kept she kept this alive in her. You know, she she is constantly experiencing this because of her fear, and she can't let go of her fear because she's scared of this, and it's just like it's a never ending cycle for her.
0: Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really liked um, her name was Cayenne. I really liked her. She was really good to work with. She was a really good person. She's actually a, a hairstylist. So she's like one of the perfect candidates for someone that's a normal person, just wants to work a good job and just feed for her kids. And then she's experiencing this horrible, unnecessary evil. Um, But I would say um, that's interesting that you picked up on that. Maybe you're picking up on something spiritually while watching the film. A lot of people do. Um, But from my experience um, interviewing her, it seemed that there was some type of generational curse on her family line Hmm. that was allowing this entity Uh, We call it the hat man, but it's some type of ancient entity. If you can think of um, like the exorcist, you know, Pazuzu, it's more akin to something like that. That's just so happens to put on a hat and coat. Mm. Um, But the movie only, we only talk about like four of her stories. She has like hundreds of stories of this hat man thing and it's tortured her since she was a child. So think about it too, is children, you know, they're mainly innocent. There's really nothing that they can do to attract negatively these entities. So the only conclusion I can think of while talking to her um, is that there was some type of generational curse in her family line or blood agreement or coven that was happening and these entities follow generations. And I'm sure people would, uh, it will ring a bell if you watch Paranormal Activity and that's the same kind of deal. They They were pulling from the same kind of resources that... we research as researchers that they follow bloodlines and Rosemary Ellen Guiley talked about that as well. And so that's what I believe what was happening with her. But hers was trippy because hers started in phases. So he would show up just staring outside the window. Then he would show up in the house directly above her in bed. And then it started to go into phase two and three where she started seeing his face. And then she started seeing more elements of what this entity really looked like. Hmm. Now, she kind of said too that that was kind of a facade for something else. She was saying that, um, this didn't make it in the film, but she was saying that the skin she's all one time I woke up and she said that he was sitting at the foot of the bed with a huge grin. His skin was like white, but slightly purple. And it looked like if she reached out and pulled it like she could pull it off, like it's a mass, like almost like it was clay or something. And then she would see what was really under, um, so yeah, hers her, hers went into the grinning man phenomena, and that one was very terrifying. That one, because um, it's one thing to see something in the corner that looks like a shadow, and you go, okay, is that a shadow of something projecting in my room? Is that just my eyes? And it's another thing to wake up and there's a gr- freaking grinning man at the at the at the foot of your bed with teeth, and you know his intentions to eat you. That's totally different.
2: Um, I I feel sorry for her. I feel bad for her that she has to go through all that. Um, it's um, yeah. It's 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 not. I don't know. It's just it's it's sad to see that you know, and and, and, and continue to experience this throughout her life is. Uh, I mean, how traumatic is that? I mean, it's uh, you know, it's funny you talk about the grinning man too, where you kind of showed a couple of ex- um, examples in movies. So that phenomenon's been around for a while now you know, watching your documentary, has anybody ever said, you know, after watching it, now that they, they've seen this, so do you think watching the movie planted the seed in their head? As opposed to them not having that experience prior to your movie. You know, they see it now, they're like, oh, now now I know what to look for, in a sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, most people, the feedback I've been getting from people that haven't really had that much experiences and they watch the movie is they just get terrified. And then they're, um, they're not so much seeing hatman synchronicities they're not really seeing shadow people or experiences, but they're just terrified and they rather um not watch it again or they have to turn it off after like the first maybe twenty minutes um uh, maybe even fifteen minutes sometimes um but I don't really get people to have experiences after it's usually if if people it, there there's so many factors to this it's not just there's um it's not just one thing. So if someone has a, a spirit, I like to call it a spiritual gift of, um, some people call it discernment. Some people call it being psychic. If you have that gift and you watch this documentary, it could be kind of da- not dangerous, but kind of like, you're, um, just be careful what environment you're going into. It's just, it's just like, um, someone that likes to research lions or tigers, you know, you have to be careful when going in their environment. And it's kind of the same thing with these entities is that you have to kind of be prepared, put on the right gear and then go in and, and research these things or else they could bite you. I would say it's more akin to that. And it depends from person to person. And if you're just interested in horror movies and you want to see something that's kind of like a real horror movie, then I think you would love it. <laughs> if you're someone that's kind of um, open to these things and you're kind of like, yeah, I had a couple experiences then you'll probably like it. If you're someone that's having problems with paranormal hauntings, gang stalking and things, maybe you should probably hold off on this documentary for a while until you're um, more in alignment. That's what I would say. So it just depends. I wouldn't say – because your question, um, I I know it's genuine, but sometimes it could come from the religious egregore of our culture – So, like, Christianity kind of has this giant egregore, especially upon America, where it's either A or B. It's either wrong or right. It's either a sin or righteous. And it's totally – what I've learned is that everything's very gray, and you just have to research it for yourself, take a step in what you think is the right direction, and then from there you learn from your mistakes. That's all you can do, you know? So even if someone says, you know what, I don't think I should watch this documentary, but but they decide to watch it. Then you'll find out oh yeah maybe I wasn't supposed to watch it right now so it's kind of like your own choice type thing
2: yeah that makes sense I mean I think you know when I saw it on Amazon Prime and I saved it to watch later it was one of those like do I really want to watch it (laughs) you know Um, because sleep paralysis and my experience with you know the witch or the hag um, was really frightening to me and watching it was also like therapeutic as well for me so it kind of helped me understand a little bit more about it so the more you fear about something i think the more you should look into it i mean with the, with the exception of what you just said about this obviously it's a little different story but you know the more i because i was ready for it in a sense i was ready to understand it as opposed to being fearful of it um although i was every night thinking like all right is Am I going to see it? Am I going to see it? And nothing. I'm, I, I'm fine. I go to bed with a little mantra in my mind. My mantra is when I breathe, I breathe in love and I breathe out hate or breathe out negativity. You know, breathe in love, breathe out negativity. That's what I say to myself before I go to sleep. So I feel like that helps me a little bit. Um, that's, uh, that's what I do. But I, I think you're right. I think if you are a little sensitive to that, it's, it would be something that you would have to be ready for and prepare yourself for to know that, you know, maybe you're looking at it as more of an educational tool to help you understand why you're going through these situations. And for me, maybe the synchronicities were interviewing the, my first interview that I had when she brought this up because I've been bringing it up anyway for the last month and a half with a friend of mine about sleep paralysis and we've been talking about it. And then all of a sudden here it is, this woman talks about it. I see your documentary on Amazon Prime. I watch it, now we're talking. (laughs) <laughs> you know that's that's how the that's how it's been working for me in a sense so I think for me in my angle of it is i i'm I'm hopefully here to help people who are going through this to help them understand more about why they're experiencing what they're experiencing that's kind of how I feel what what my role is in all this and it seems like for you it's the same thing but you're you're kind of knee deep in it as well
0: yeah so um I completely agree with you that was my intention is is to truly make a, a documentary where people could go and it, it the bottom line is this where people could just go, Oh my gosh, I'm not the only one. You right, know, right. that's mainly my intention for the whole documentary because a lot of people, um, they don't even want to talk about it. It's, it is a trauma in their life just as it, just as if they had a trauma with something else and they needed something where they can watch it and be like, Oh my gosh, I'm not the only one. This is amazing. Right. But, I am a person where um, I strive for authenticity and part of making anything authentic is trying to make it as much as possible as the real thing. Just as a, just as if I was going to make a, uh, a documentary or a movie about, um, I don't know, someone going to space, you want to make it look like they're freaking going to space. They're, <laughs> they're launching to go to the moon. And that's the same thing. I had to make it as scary as possible. If not, as close as possible to how people actually experience the hat band. Cause some people try some people might give me a hard time too. Like, Oh, you're just trying to scare people. No, I'm trying to make it as authentic and the byproduct is going to be scary because that's what the phenomena is. It's supposed to be scary. That's what they're trying to do, you know? But yeah, I agree with you is that this subject needs to be talked about. And I believe that the, um, the synchronicities you're talking about was some type of law of attraction going on there.
2: Yeah, I I think so. I think that as well. Um, the Hat Man: uh, Documented Cases of Pure Evil is available on Amazon Prime. I you know just a little side note, real quick. Uh, after I posted my video on on Instagram of the clip, and uh, when you reached out to me, I thought, oh, I'm in trouble. I don't think I should have put that clip online. So um, thank you for not being mad at me for that. I just wanted to share that a little bit for people out there for the same exact reason of. You know, people don't go out and say, "Hey, I just saw the Hat Man last night," or "Hey, I just got abducted by aliens last night," or "Hey, this happened to me." You have to kind of bring it out of people. You have to let them know that hey, there's someone else out there who's experienced what you experienced. So it's okay to come out and talk about it. And okay, and it's going to be you know helpful for them as well. I would hope it would be. Um, and I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't take your movie as being uh made to scare people I really didn't I really felt like you captured the fear that these people went through and I I just uh, I say you did a wonderful job man
0: thanks you know what's interesting about that is um, I appreciate it too but what was interesting about that is I was kind of operating from my from my film filmmaker um, part of myself I was kind of operating at maybe maybe 70 60 percent because I believe, and maybe all artists could relate to this, but I could have made it a lot better. But what's interesting about that is there was a lot of hindrance for me to even complete it. So a lot of things like um, whether it be effects, recreations, or certain interviews, I had, I had to kind of settle for less because my computer was just not working with me. It was uh, these, I don't know if you've heard about this before, but there were these strange coincidences that happened with researchers and investigators in the paranormal where if they're researching researching something or writing about something in the paranormal, their computer will start deleting files by itself. Um, audio files will go missing. Um, at least for me with my editing, um, the editing would mess up. The clips would be in different places. The audio would go missing. And now this always happens with filmmaking because I made a couple of short films before, but this was like over the top, like something wasn't right. There have been times where the my my computer wasn't charging. There are times where um, uh, I can't think straight while editing or I felt anxious while editing for no reason. Um, a lot of weird things are happening, and I believe it was because the these entities and then the hatman did not want this thing out there
2: That's fascinating and you, you you draw upon a few of those at the end of the movie um, where you mentioned about your editing problems. Um, other synchronicities of you know, the actress seeing things the, the, the day before, I believe it was, or maybe the day of, and then um, the, the call from the apartment above where you were shooting, there was an issue. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, that could have been the gang stalking that you received a little bit, huh?
0: It's exactly, yeah. The Probably the most terrifying one was when I first started to, to interview people, I did have a, a dream about the hat man. I believe it was him. It's called Dream Invasion. And then I did have another instance where, yeah, that the the other scariest one was the one you just said, where the guy, um, it was actually the next door down in the apartment we were shooting, just the next door down, he called and said he was going to commit suicide that night. And that was the first time I kind of felt fear for my life too because I was like, oh, shoot, I don't know if this guy has a gun, if he's going to miss and then shoot one of us. It, it the, the fear was pretty intense. And when, when I spoke to the... The researcher um, that that was kind of like a mentor for me throughout the filmmaking process, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, she told me that, yeah, there was a, a trickster spirit nearby that was interested in the filmmaking of that scene. But I believe it was trying to hinder or stop the filmmaking because for some reason that was one of the main ones that it seems like the Hatman or these shadow entities did not want to be filmed was the scene where the baby's crying and then the Hatman's next to the crib. Yeah, yeah that one for some reason we had a lot of problems while filming that one i don't know why those entities did not want that one in there but it was even hard to edit too but i I almost didn't even put it in the film and a a lot of people say that's one of the creepiest parts as well it's hearing that kid screaming
2: it's well yeah and her standing there watching this entity standing over her baby i mean that's uh it's very it's startling (laughs) you know and to know that people have gone through these experiences, and um, just for a side note, I am recording this obviously because that's how I do how I work. But if I get any technical issues, we're doing this again, just so you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, <I know> other <laughs> other interviews um, I've done, like my my computer will stop like charging out of nowhere. It's plugged in. There's, this is a, I'll have I have a brand new computer. It's, it's a MacBook. I got it just for the film. And I'll have instances where it'll like stop like charging or I'll lose my train of thought. So there's a lot of like, I'll be talking and then all of a sudden my mind goes blank or it feels like something in the other realm is like swishing me around or something where I can't think straight. And I haven't had that yet here. I mean, I have a little like, like bugs, but that's just like my own head, but there's other times where they really do. It's like if you're in a situation where you're studying something about this stuff or you're on a research, I mean, um, on an investigation, You'll find yourself like, you're not losing your mind, but like you can't think straight. That's part of the attack, too. Those are like little psychic attacks.
2: And, and it sounds like you need to be more aware of these things. And it sounds like you are, you're in tune to what's happening. So, you most likely sounds like you'll be able to combat it better than you would before if you didn't really understand what was going on. So, being, in a sense, woke to the surroundings and things that are happening to you or to us in general um it's important to recognize i believe to help you understand that there might be a reason to all this not just something that's abstract and weird and unanswerable i guess it's um a, it's just an amazing documentary and i'm sure you have enough for a part 2 is there a part 2 coming or a different uh, version of this or what's what's next for the uh for you
0: hmm, actually i i don't know my my life path has taken a turn to different things and um, whatever people call God, um, whatever people call source, I like to say source, it's a little better, or the existing one, um, the I am is another good one, that's another ancient term. Um, it seems that it or he is guiding me to different type of avenues, too, so I don't, I'm not sure. I still have a lot of extra file, but I don't know, I, I'm, just, I'm kind of like... Um, just picking up my tent and going wherever it's telling me to. It's kind of interesting, but I still do get a couple of winks here and there from the dark side that they're aware that my documentary is out there and that people are watching it now. Cause before it was available just for purchase, but once I made it prime, it really exploded and people are really like, um, connecting to it and resonating with it.
2: Yeah. Well, good for you on that, man. I, um, it's just an incredible documentary and, uh, it's, I, it, It shook me enough to make a little clip out of it and and share it, and that means a lot. I mean, I I got affected by a movie. I'm not going to lie. I got affected by it. Um, Not that I've been seeing it or I have that experience anymore, but it just, I don't know. It just, uh, it it touched me a little bit, man. I uh, I thank you for that, And, uh, and, um, and for you to reach out to me when I was thinking about reaching out to you was something that was like, wow, this is, I... I don't know the answer to that. (laughs) I just don't know. Like you said, the synchronicities and putting it out there in the universe and here you are responding. It's, um, I, I, I thank you for, for doing that. And, um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to, how else to look into it besides thinking that I put it out there, you answered it and, and here we are talking about it.
0: Yeah. It's very interesting, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I, it's very interesting. It is
2: right. And, you know, and the older I'm getting, the more I'm trying to recognize synchronicities, and not just with this, but other things in my life, um, and things that are like even like I've been doing this show for three and a half years. I started actually probably a little longer. I started in, uh, in August of 2015. It was more or less aliens. We would talk about alien witness abductions and and play music and kind of discuss the unknown. You know, because you don't need a PhD to talk about the unknown. <laughs> you know, it's everybody's available to talk about this. Everyone. Because no one knows the answer, so it's fun to ponder and it's fun to go over. So I've been doing this for a couple of years, and then last year I had to quit. I was working too much, and I just wasn't able to find the time to do it. And then all of a sudden, I was getting contacted by people I had talked to in the past. Hey, you still doing your show? I have someone who wants to be on your show. I'm like, well, no, I'm not really doing it right now. And then another person emailed me, Hey, man, you should start your show back up. I, I got, I want like, you know, I got no, I know somebody who wants to be on it. And I was getting like three or four of these. And I'm thinking, all right, well, maybe I should start it back up again. And before I knew it, I had four interviews lined up. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. And so you're my fourth interview that I got going with this. And I have others that are lined up down the road. And, um, and that's a synchronicity I can look into going, maybe this is where I need to be. It put me right back to where I was before. But now I'm going to be focusing more on it as far as, you know, as opposed to talking just aliens, I want to talk more in a broader issue of strange and unusual topics. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The, the, the hat Man is definitely like a kind of like, where's Waldo kind of vibe. Hmm. It's more, it's very like twilight zone ish. Mm-hmm. I know, um, the, the alien stuff is very much connected. I only touched, I only touched about, I only touched upon that. Um, in the documentary, like, maybe two times, but right. the alien connection, the UFO abduction with shadow people yeah. is very interesting. And and if I could just leave people with one thing to look up, too, is that scene from Signs, you know the movie Signs oh, yeah. with Mel Gibson yeah, and Joaquin Phoenix? There's a scene where um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character is talking to, like, a ex-general or a general at a store or something, and that general's all, like, he's talking about, you know, I think these aliens... He's all, uh, how did he word it? People have to watch it, but I know it resonated with me. Cause I believe that's what's going on. He said that they came down. He's all, they didn't want to just invade right away. He's all make themselves known. He's all, they wanted to come down to our level and see if everything was clear for the harvest. And I feel like that's what the shadow people are hmm. is they're kind of like the ground troops for alien abduction to take place and alien, um, what's the word, uh, experiments on us. So um, there's one part of the documentary where people talk about this, but um, basically shadow people usually um, precede or follow an abduction. So if someone's having abduction dreams or experiences, most likely they're also seeing shadow people. And a lot of people like to um, separate those two, like, oh, shadow people are demons, aliens are, you know, those are the weird people and they're not really seeing that. No, actually, they're real, they're very much connected, and it seems that shadow people are the ground troops, and the quote unquote aliens are in these UFOs, interdimensional UFOs. They're actually the space, the the sky, interdimensional entities that are really doing the dark stuff. This goes back too, to like you know Atlantis, Antarctica, Antarctica, and all that stuff. It's really all connected. It's just, we're basically in in basic terms again we're basically behind enemy lines is that we've incarnated here on this, whatever the hell this thing is, this planet. And it's been owned by these entities. In reality, we're the aliens that came here. Hmm. So I don't even know why we're actually here. We're probably here for a purpose, but we actually came into their territory. We're not in, it's not vice versa.
2: Wow. That's, that's interesting to look at on there. And I was just watching a documentary. It's not a documentary documentary. And I probably have brought this up the last four shows that I've done. Lloyd Pye, um, Everything You Know is Wrong, talks about the creation of man being from the Anunnaki gene mixed with primates genes. So basically we're not really indigenous to this planet. We were put on this planet in a sense. We were created on this planet, not from this planet, if that makes sense. And maybe we did enter a realm of beings that didn't want us or what have you but the you know the dumbing down of people keeps us unaware of the reality of what's really going on and the spirituality that we all need to be in touch with um and that's the that's the rub i think right i mean the more the more woke we get the less power they have in a sense or maybe that's how it works maybe it doesn't but um wow what you just said is uh yeah, it's a new perspective I haven't heard. That's that's great. I think that that makes a lot of sense.
0: You know who would be a good um, guest for your show as well is a guy named uh, Fernando. Uh, I forgot his last name, but he has a YouTube channel called Ena Harmony, and he talks about all this ancient wisdom. I was blown away by it. And um, I'll give you his contact. I think it would be a good interview to, for you to have. Right on. But basically – from his, I research all kinds of things, and when I met him, he kind of cemented a lot of things I believe now. But basically, the human race is 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 like our spiritual selves are actually it's actually a love vibration. And David Icke talks about this too. Have you heard of David Icke before? Oh,
2: yes, I have. Yeah,
0: yeah. David Icke talks about that infinite love is the only truth, and everything else is illusion. So it's kind of interesting. From my research, it seems that. We're all connected and we're all connected to this Godhead, this actual what you would call the I am. Like when Moses I'm not saying the Bible is the only truth, I'm just giving an example of there I think I believe there's truth in almost everything that you could find goals and everything. Hmm. But when Moses was talking to the burning bush, he asked him, he said, Who who um he's like, who do I tell um oh shoot, I'm losing my train of thought, that's interesting. Moses asked the burning tree, who do I tell who's, um... oh my gosh, this is so weird. Something probably doesn't want me to say it for some reason. I'm losing Mm. my train of thought. Moses basically said, (laughs) this is so weird, I can't say it. Let me not focus on it for a second. Oh, who do I say who sent me? And then the burning bush said, "Um, I am. And that's kind of interesting because if that was really God speaking through that bush, he was basically giving an esoteric message that he doesn't want to be labeled anything that I am is part of our story so it seems that we're all part of this God source and we are God's small G but we're also all together we come from that infinite God source so these entities were kind of if you want to call them fallen angels or Anunnaki they were kind of they were creative beings that quote-unquote righteousness to do their own bidding and it's kind of interesting because we are actually more akin to God in our abilities, but these entities are not. They're more created entities. We're more like we've always been, we've always existed. We just don't remember it from when we incarnated here. Um, I know the New Age uses a lot of these terms I'm using, but sometimes I don't know what else to use. Right. But I know a lot of the New Age too, in my opinion, is very um, cultish. Like a cult just means like... You have to accept what we believe, or you're wrong, and that's just not the truth. And to me, the New Age seems pretty cult-like. But anyways, Mm. it seems that we're more like God, and these entities, whether alien or Anunnaki, they're not—they were created beings. Us, we've always kind of been. And then we kind of like—it's kind of hard to explain, but it's kind of like we always lived in this God source, and then we made a conscious choice to come down here— to have an experience and then grow from that experience and then go back to source, go back to the great beyond, go back to the, I am. And that's what people should realize is that when these entities are trying to put you down, they're actually hacking into your body computer system to try to take advantage of that God source so that they could hijack that and then kind of ride you like a prostitute in a kind of weird sense to, um, prostitute your giftings, prostitute your energy body, prostitute your physical body, so that, that way, and prostitute your higher self, so that way they kind of become God is what their ultimate goal is. So you can kind of think of Lucifer as like a psychological kind of basis of what these entities believe in. Um, this is where I get kind of deeper. You can, take, you can take it or leave it, but that's what my theories is, are so far. Um, we are basically too, we're entering something very strange with this CoVID19 stuff too. It's not a coincidence all this is happening.
2: yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, it's interesting that when you say that, I, I kind of thought of you know this battle over our souls to a certain degree and them, these entities not wanting us to reach our, our higher selves. and that's is, is that what the end game is to make sure none of us do because once we do then, then they disappear. They're gone, so maybe they're trying to fight for survival. I think you kind of touched upon that a little bit in the movie as well. Of um, they need us to survive, they need to feed off our light, and that's what their cocaine is. You know, their our fear is you know what they feed on. We have no fear. There's nothing they to feed on. They're gone. They're no. They're not not needed anymore. But um, I mean, there's so much to dive into. There's so much to look into in this conversation alone that um it's been extremely enlightening man i uh i I thank you for your time for uh, sharing your stories and and i thank you for putting together the hat man um documented cases of pure evil which is available on amazon prime right now i encourage everyone listening to check it out um if you're ready for it all right (laughs) if you're ready for it
0: yeah yeah thanks for having me on yeah i appreciate it
2: yeah kyle j macias the director, and thanks for getting strange and unusual here on the Mothership Radio Show, man. Absolutely. Anytime. Have me on again. Would love it. I want to thank Kyle James the director of The Hatman Documented Cases of Pure Evil, for joining me on the show. Again, it's available on Amazon Prime. So until next week, my name is Kevin Gassman, reminding you this day strange and unusual.
0: Thank you and keep watching the. Bye!